Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about working with professionals and giving them the tools to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have such a fun discussion today. I love speaking with young women, because you are a lot younger than me, um, who have done such wonderful things with their careers and really made a path not only for themselves, but for others, and especially women. Um, You know, we are going to be talking to the women in our audience, but gentlemen, don't turn it off because y'all have really wonderful women in your lives who you might need to tell this information to. So please join me in welcoming Sarah McElroy to our program today. Welcome, Sarah. How are you? I'm great, Deb. So good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Great. I love it. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you and then we'll jump in. So Sarah McElroy is an ex-chief marketing officer and former corporate good girl who reinvented her career and reimagined the way she worked after unexpectedly becoming the Wall Street Journal's poster girl for pandemic burnout. Now she's a career transition expert, soon to be author and speaker on a mission to help brilliant professional women unapologetically do the same. She just landed her first book deal for Women Who Walk, which will be a self-help guide that gives women the confidence and blueprint to leave their job that no longer serves them and land the one that will or create it. And it will be published by Post Hill Press in the fall of 2024. So again, Sarah, welcome. Thank you, Deb. And I love that little ad lib on the end there. Yes, it is 100% about just wiping the slate clean and saying if the way I want to work in the job I want to do is not here in front of me right now, I can go get a new one or I can create one. Make my own. Right. Leave it. Yes. What? And we're going to have a great discussion, basically, because I left corporate America over 20 years ago. And so it's going to be fun to to discuss how much things changed over these 20 years, or have they stayed the same? Um, Sure. You know, I always like finding out, and we got a little taste of it when I read your bio, how is it that you got to where you are today and discovered that this right now is your passion in life? Yes, I love that question. It has been a circuitous journey for sure. And one that was very unexpected. I was the corporate good girl, as you mentioned in the bio, and it's actually a title that I uh, embrace now because I want others to see that it's something that uh, is very mm-hmm. in cityness. It It really filters through the undercurrents right. of corporate America, this good girl conditioning mm-hmm. that we 
oftentimes as women really experience as, mm-hmm. as kids and in classrooms, this mm-hmm. expectation of being, you know, the, the one who takes care of others needs, who follows the rules, mm-hmm. who listens to the teacher, who gets the questions right, according to what the authority figure right. says is the right answer. Like all of those mm-hmm. little elements of conditioning, we grow up with that and then end up bringing it into corporate America in very unconscious ways. So mm-hmm. that was me for a very long time. And I wore my ability to outwork anybody and to be that corporate yes woman as a badge of honor. It was something I was so proud of. And on the other side of a really painful divorce and some really difficult personal stuff that happened in 2014, I even got fired from a job during that time as my life was just a mess. Mm -hmm. It was like, I know that the one life raft I have right now mm-hmm. is to like throw myself into my career, right. you know, personal stuff, mm-hmm. like just throw it all aside, focus on that because it's the one thing that I'd always been good at. I was high school valedictorian. Like I could always know if you give me the play, you are the good girl. That's I will be the good girl and I will do it. Exactly. And so that's what I did. And by the Mm -hmm. time I was 35, it was 2020. uh, The pandemic was just starting. I was working with an executive recruitment firm who had reached out about becoming a chief marketing officer Mm -hmm. for this private equity backed wellness concept that was going to be scaling nationally. Mm -hmm. So this huge opportunity from a career standpoint, Mm -hmm. I was ecstatic. You know, Mm -hmm. that's what every corporate good girl who mm-hmm, wants right. to climb. You move up that ladder. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so I get there and uh, between trying to prove myself, I was the youngest member of the executive team uh, between that. And I was also working on an executive MBA program at mm-hmm. Georgia Tech at the time. I started working up to 20 hours a day. Now that wasn't every single day, mm-hmm. but it was a lot of really unsustainable mm-hmm juggling of Mm -hmm. all the balls thinking Mm -hmm. like, okay, I just have to hold it together until Mm -hmm. I graduate in a few months. But during that time, that's when my body started to rebel. And I had a couple of episodes of throwing up blood that landed me in the emergency room and uh, finally had a shingles diagnosis in April, 2021. Mm -hmm. And that was really my wake up call Mm -hmm. moment that you Mm -hmm. hear a lot of people talking about these Mm -hmm. days, these like crystallizing moments of, oh my gosh, I may have not had this as figured out as I thought I did Mm -hmm. because I'm sitting at the doctor's office and the doctor tells me, you know, Sarah, you have shingles. And I have this wave of relief that just pours over me because the doctor is giving me eight days off from work and there's nobody who can possibly. Right. Because you are contagious question it, Mm -hmm. anything. I couldn't let myself off the hook and raise my hand Mm -hmm. and say, I'm floundering. I am Mm -hmm. absolutely drowning right Mm -hmm. now. And so it was, it was a reason to be able to do that. And so Mm -hmm. I'm so proud of that version of me on the other side, because Mm -hmm. after I'm leaving the doctor's office and feeling like that, I'm like, Sarah, this isn't a normal response to being told. Most people go shingles suck. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, like on the worst case, I was very, very fortunate, and I had some of that uh, neuralgia pain Mm -hmm. that stuck around for Mm -hmm. a good maybe seven or eight months after Mm -hmm. my shingles. But there are a lot of people that can end up with really adverse. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. You know, Mm -hmm. consequences like. 
paralysis and blindness and stuff. And the fact that I am feeling relief and even celebrating mm-hmm. this bodily breakdown was very much that turning point mm-hmm. moment of, okay, Sarah, like stop, we're going to hit the life reset button. So what I did is I, I quit that job. Even before I came back from my shingle sabbatical, mm-hmm. I got a new job in Florida. I moved down, found a tiny little place on the water because mm-hmm. I'm thinking I'm going to totally changed my life. Right. I'm going to focus on my personal well-being and happiness. I'm hitting the yoga mat more than I ever have. I'm cutting back on my work hours mm-hmm. and keeping better boundaries. And for a little while, I started feeling better. And during this time, mm-hmm. this is actually when the Wall Street Journal picked up my story. Mm-hmm. They found me on LinkedIn and I was uh, part of this article where they did this deep dive into pandemic mm-hmm. career burnout. And ended up doing a podcast for them. And I finished up that podcast episode, that interview with the host, Kate Leinbaugh. Mm-hmm. And you listen to that episode and it sounds like, oh, Sarah found her peace in the slower pace of life mm-hmm. on the water. In many ways, that is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. But what was happening behind the scenes is that I always had this perspective of burnout that mm-hmm. was the overworking piece of things. Mm-hmm. Like you're just pushing your body right. to the brink mm-hmm. of your capacity. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really understand that there was so much more to burnout. And it is far more about mm-hmm. also suppressing your voice mm-hmm. and ignoring your needs and continuing to mm-hmm. show up doing something day after day that your body is telling you like, Mm -hmm. this isn't it for me anymore. And that's what I was having. Even in the new job, I was Mm -hmm. dealing with a a sexual harassment situation that wasn't properly addressed for months. Mm -hmm. So to your point of like leaving corporate America 20 years ago and wondering if it's the same or different, many organizations Mm -hmm. have changed. This one was Mm -hmm. still really steeped in that Mm -hmm. old legacy, good old Mm -hmm. boy culture. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up leaving that organization and being really inspired to reach out to other women Mm -hmm. because I leave the CMO job, May, 2021. I leave this job in January, 2022. Mm -hmm. In nine months, corporate good girl, Sarah has quit two perfect on paper executive (laughs) level roles. Mm -hmm. And I have no idea like who I am Mm -hmm. and what is happening. Mm -hmm. Like, this is so bananas. I never would have done that before, but I just got to this point where it was like, I can't keep doing this. Right. And that inspired me to talk to other women mm-hmm. because I'm like, I can't be the only person who is experiencing this and getting mired in these spin cycles mm-hmm. of burnout or moving from one bad culture mm-hmm. to another, like a bad boyfriend. Like, mm-hmm. uh, And that's what really sparked this interest mm-hmm. in hearing other women's stories. Mm-hmm. I love it. You know, and, and when we talk about burnout, I mean, we're not just saying, I don't like my job. I didn't like what I had to do today. I mean, it's it is this persistent, oh yes. my God, you know, type yeah. of, of thing. And you know, and and you know, like I said, I left corporate America over 20 years ago, and there were you know several reasons for it. But mine wasn't burnout, you know, which was good, but there were, you know, a lot of the Sunday night, I have to go yeah. to work tomorrow. Totally. Um, you know, and we all have that on occasion, right? Because it's like, oh, there's a big project I have to do, or I don't want to have to drive, or, or whatever it is. But burnout is when it's that persistent. Oh my god! And and exactly what happened to you is what typically happens: is your body says, "Nope, <laughs> we're right? not doing this anymore." <clears throat> right? Absolutely. Well, and it's 
You make a great point because this, the whole thing, even though I start this out, this Mm -hmm. conversation, we started out this conversation in a very idealistic way Mm -hmm. of like, I truly believe at my core, it is possible Mm -hmm. for us to find work that we love, whether or not it's a Mm -hmm. job that's within our organization or we created ourselves. Mm Like, I don't believe like in this world that we're in today with as diverse and as Mm -hmm. many people there Mm -hmm. are and as many different needs there are Mm -hmm. out there. Like, I think we can all find a place, but I understand that that sounds idealistic. And it's not that I don't believe that we don't have challenges or that Mm -hmm. work doesn't, you know, push us to our Mm -hmm. growth edges and, and give us friction Mm -hmm. to help us learn and grow. Like all of that is so important Mm -hmm. to not only us being able to have the kind of impact we'd want to have on the world, but also for our own personal Mm -hmm. trajectory and our personal journey and becoming Mm -hmm. the the best possible human that we can Mm -hmm. be in this lifetime and getting the most out of our time here. You know, it's not to say that we won't have challenges and won't have those Sunday scary feelings, but when it is Mm -hmm. to your point, it's persistent and it's eroding Mm -hmm. of your personal Mm -hmm. confidence, your vitality, your happiness week after week. That's when, you know, it Mm -hmm. just, it's, it's telling you that there's something wrong. Your body, Mm -hmm. this nudge you're feeling that's Mm -hmm. saying, I don't want to go to work tomorrow Mm -hmm. is telling you there's something wrong for a reason and you should ignore it. Well, and the important thing to note is there's not something wrong with you. There's something wrong with the situation. And I think that's where so many people get caught up is, you know, you know, men or women, we think we have to do this. And and when we don't want it, what is wrong with us? Well, it's not us. It's it is the situation. It's it's everything else that goes with it. Um, But it did make me wonder, you know, you mentioned you were a good girl way back, you know, from from, you know, and and so after you quit your second job in, you know, nine months. What did family and friends say? You know, I'm I'm sure they were concerned about you, but were they, you know, well, when are you getting when are you get when are you gonna get another job? What are you gonna do? Sarah, Sarah, yeah. what are you gonna do? Um, what do you mean you don't wanna get a job? You know, how did you deal with the 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 you know, in in you know, lack of a better word, just peer pressure? Well, you know, Deb, great question. Within I guess it was about a month of leaving. I had just been feeling this nudge to write a book and I didn't know exactly what it was. But Mm -hmm. once I started sharing my story publicly, both the Wall Street Mm -hmm. Journal and then sharing a little bit more on LinkedIn, I had people reaching out Mm -hmm. and it was, you know, really amazing to see very public support. But what was far more powerful were the personal DMs of people Mm -hmm. sharing their struggles and, you know, experiencing either very similar things or not even Mm -hmm. knowing what to do or where Mm -hmm. to go and just like, thank you for Mm -hmm. sharing this because I know I'm not alone. I realized there was so much magic and power in that and that there was a conversation to be had here that Mm -hmm. was bigger. And so I had been feeling that nudge to a book. I thought, well, I'll just start by talking to women and Mm -hmm. understanding what they might be experiencing Mm -hmm. right now. Actually, the moment that the spark of inspiration hit me, I was at a musical down here. It's a musical called Respect, Musical, a musical journey of women. It's Mm -hmm. actually based on a book that was written by a professor out of Tennessee who Mm -hmm. studied all of the number one hits from 1900 Mm -hmm. forward written by women. And oh. as she dug into the music and started mm-hmm. analyzing the trends, what she saw is that 
the music and the songs that were hitting number one were telling the story of women Mm -hmm. from the time uh, that they were in. And Mm -hmm. so you see, like, from the beginning of the musical, it starts out with, like, one of the songs is, like, all about, oh, my man, my man, what will I do without my man? Mm -hmm. Like, starting out in that sort of more uh, meek, submissive Mm -hmm. role Mm -hmm. that women were expected to play toward the early Mm -hmm. 1900s. And then you get toward the end of the Mm -hmm. musical and it's like Girl on Fire by Alicia Keys Mm -hmm. and Brave by Sarah Bareilles. Mm -hmm. And it's like these really powerful songs. And so it just hit me as I'm sitting there and I'm hearing the song Brave by Sarah Bareilles play at the end. And it's all about speaking your truth. Mm -hmm. I was like, I just, I'm going to talk to other women. There's something here. Mm -hmm. And so because I had at least that, that was enough for people Mm -hmm. (laughs) to like get off my case and sort of Mm -hmm. let me do my thing. Because Mm -hmm. most people who know me know that when I get something stuck in my Mm -hmm. craw, I'm going to take it to the end. Mm -hmm. And so they, it was enough for them to at least let me go on that journey. Mm -hmm. But I know that people have wondered what mm-hmm. I'm doing and um, have thought probably even that it's a little bit of a crazy thing because what mm-hmm. I ended up doing is I founded Raise to Rise, which is a project amplifying the powerful voices and stories mm-hmm. of women from the great resignation. And that's a little bit of a career suicide, mm-hmm. at least corporate career suicide mm-hmm. type of move mm-hmm. to say like, I want to stand behind these women who are mm-hmm. making this choice to walk away because mm-hmm. I believe that we are at the forefront of a movement in which women are carving out an equal place in the working world that was never designed for them. If we look back, you know, I'm sure like you can appreciate this from your time being in corporate America, Mm -hmm. working, the working environment was designed by men for men Mm -hmm. to be successful. Mm -hmm. And so that's why and it was I, okay uh, for them to be workaholics. Wasn't healthy for them, but right. you know that was right. that was you know that was how it was designed. Yeah, exactly. And they weren't worrying about coming home and taking care of the house mm-hmm. and kids and things like that. And so mm-hmm. there's this moment of reckoning and balancing of the scales that is happening here, and we we're feeling it on a macro mm-hmm. level, like society, the great resignation is a perfect example mm-hmm. of that. Women were leading the great resignation right. and a study by Deloitte last year found that more than 50% of women intended to quit their jobs in just the next two years. And mm-hmm. that number skyrocketed to 90% on a five-year horizon. Mm-hmm. So only 10% of women intending to be with their current employer mm-hmm. five years from now, which is like totally mm-hmm. wild. Those are red alarm numbers. But even as we're seeing that like on a macro level, more important than any of that to me is the individual story. Every mm-hmm. single data point in that is a story of a person mm-hmm. who has, you know, a life and a mm-hmm. family and a dream and, mm-hmm. you know, all these things that they need to do and making that decision to walk away to, you know, carve out mm-hmm. their own new path at right. work, whatever that looks like. That is a really uh, important, pivotal moment in their mm-hmm. life. It's a very personal decision that's immensely mm-hmm. nuanced. And that's like what I wanted to dig mm-hmm. into the juiciness of all of that. Right. You know, and it, it's interesting. Like I said, I quit, you know, I think I think my last day in corporate America was January 1st. There's a very weird reason for that. 2002. So yeah, it's, okay. it's been quite a long time. Um, and actually the, the the short version is the company I was with, kept me on for that that one day in in okay. January so that I could get additional benefits. 
Um, which I thought was very nice of them because those benefits were lots and lots of money. Um, you know, and, and most people would have, you know, December 31st. I mean, that's just what makes sense, but you no, know, they, they kept me on that one extra day, but I still to this day have people say, well, when are you going to get a real job? <laughs> and, oh you know, and, and now I am extremely fortunate that my husband has a very good job and we, and, and with very good benefits, all of those other things, Um, you know, and, and so it's not, you know, I haven't had the pressure of, I have to work because I need the insurance or that extra paycheck or, or any of those things. And, and, you know, my business makes money, Um, you know, does it make as much as I could be making in corporate America? Probably not, but you know, it's, it's really funny because I still do get that. You know, when are you going to go back? When are you going to go back? Well, I'm not going back. Um, you know, and, and, and I know there's so many people that, that deal with that. Plus they also, I'm sure deal with the fact that, you know, back to that peer pressure thing, you know, women have had to work so hard to get to senior level type of positions. And then to say, I'm not going to do that. We are yes. not, ladies, pay attention to this. We are not letting the, the female race down when we say we're not going to do that anymore. In fact, it, it's a positive. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I totally agree. I had this amazing conversation toward the beginning of starting the Race to Rise project where I interviewed a woman who has now become this career pivoter mm-hmm. and this like multi-passionate type of person Mm -hmm. is how she defines herself, but she was a lawyer. She started Mm -hmm. out as a lawyer and she's sitting, you know, at these tables with Mm -hmm. these people. And she was a, she was a daughter of Chinese immigrants. So Mm -hmm. like her parents were so, so proud. They had never Mm -hmm. gone to college. She went to college and she got her law. She's Mm -hmm. sitting at the tables that not only she has always wanted Mm -hmm. to sit at and her family has always Mm -hmm. wanted her to sit at. And she's like, this is not for me. Mm -hmm. And so Actually, she left law many years ago Mm -hmm. and she's built this sort of like trust muscle of trusting herself and taking these Mm -hmm. leaps. And so her great resignation was much more of leaving a a tech job that she had Mm -hmm. actually ended up in. But you make a great point that there's this stickiness that comes Mm -hmm. with moving up the ladder and Mm -hmm. knowing not only how hard you've worked to Mm -hmm. get there, but the fact that you are also, uh, you know, paving the way for others. Your role model. Mm -hmm. There's, yeah, a pressure and a weight on shoulders. Mm -hmm. And what I've come to find is that as much as I agree that there is this pipeline problem in Mm -hmm. America, and we we can certainly uh, talk about that too, I can share it for the show notes. The Mm -hmm. Women in the Workplace report from McKinsey came out last October and found Mm -hmm. that for every two women that are being promoted in corporate America Mm -hmm. from uh, a manager Mm -hmm. level role up into director Mm -hmm. level or above, for every two women that are being, um, or excuse me, it's the other way around. It's every one woman being promoted. There are two walking out the door. So there's a bleeding Mm -hmm. that is happening Mm -hmm. as far as like, we're losing women at the Mm -hmm. top. And it's not to say that we shouldn't fight for that. And we shouldn't try to change Mm -hmm. the systems. I a thousand percent believe Mm -hmm. in that. But first and foremost, I believe that the health of the individual, like if you Mm -hmm. are miserable and you're burning right. out and you're mm-hmm. not in the right place for you, you we need you mm-hmm. healthy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to right. Mm-hmm. Sort of good Your family right? needs like, you healthy. Everybody needs yeah, you healthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Everybody. Nobody wants you. We're not doing our 
anybody, any good, mm-hmm. and most importantly, ourselves first right. and foremost, but everybody mm-hmm. else in the ripple effect that emanates from that, we are not doing anybody mm-hmm. any good staying somewhere that's no longer a fit for us. Right. right. You know, and and yeah. to that end is is the flip side. Employers need to be doing a better job of making sure that they have a workplace that people want to keep coming back to. Um, you know, when when Elon Musk bought Twitter, they made this whole big deal out of it, he was making people sleep in the office. I know. And I'm thinking wow. that is not a good thing, people, for anybody. You know, you should never ever, now, you know, we, we you've you've lived in Atlanta. Every once in a while, it does this funny thing here called snow. <laughs> and you know, and so sometimes you might have to sleep in your office. That's a very different situation. When your employer is saying and expecting you, or you're gonna lose your job to live in the office. Okay, first of all, I that I would have said bye. I mean, I don't understand anybody who stayed. I mean, that just, you know, and I've not, you know, not really read too much, so I don't know why they chose to stay. But um but yeah, I mean, that is that is not healthy. And 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 so even if you're a, an employer who's, you know, just kind of looking around going and we see this a lot with financial legal firms, things like that, where sometimes people are in the office for 20 hours a day. Okay. What are you doing that is making your employees do that? You know, do you not have enough staff? I mean, all of these various things. And so it's on the employer to look at that and go, you know what? Sarah needs to go home. And more importantly, Sarah doesn't need to go home and continue working another five or six hours. Um, because I think that was also one of the big things was people went, okay, sure, you're only going to be in the office eight hours, but we're going to expect another four or five out of you once you get home. No, no. <laughs> uh, absolutely. It's um, it's a funny thing how this shift, which really economists are saying mm-hmm. is now created a true structural shift mm-hmm. in the workforce and mm-hmm. not just this episodic blip of the great resignation right. and this mm-hmm. um, sort of this whiplash effect mm-hmm. of the post-pandemic. The woman from McKinsey who did this big report, mm-hmm. I guess this was July of last mm-hmm. year, that found that anywhere between, I think, 40 to 70% of people were thinking about quitting their jobs. Mm-hmm. Like she's saying, the workforce will never go back to the way that it was right. in 2019. Yeah. Like the blinders are off, right? Yeah. You I mean, I still have people that say, I can't wait off. for it to go back to normal. No, this is our normal no. now, you know? And right. and you know, it, it's funny, I tell people, it's called normal. It's your new normal. Um, yeah. yeah, we're not, and, and really, do we want to go back to the way it was in January of 2020? No. Right, right, exactly. And then it becomes this opportunity to look at what's happening and use it as a mirror and mm-hmm. say, where can we as employers do a better job mm-hmm. here? And I'll say too, to, to not completely put it on them, that even one of my biggest learnings coming out of this time since leaving corporate is that. I have a role in that burnout that mm-hmm. I was playing as right. well. And I had to own my mm-hmm. own part yeah. of that. Like You clean up chose my to be doing that. Exactly. And it was because I had no idea that I still had so much mm-hmm. of my identity and worth mm-hmm. wrapped up in what I could produce right. from a work perspective mm-hmm. that 
it's even been this like this unraveling mm-hmm. of those old knots, right. this unlearning. Mm-hmm. And I'm part of the problem too of being mm-hmm. that that woman with no boundaries, mm-hmm. you know, being a good girl, et cetera. So like, mm-hmm. it's just such a fascinating time that we're in right now where we are all saying the way we work mm-hmm. has not been working mm-hmm. for the bulk of us. Mm-hmm. So what are we all going to do to build a better way forward? Right. Yeah. You know, and, and, and it's so true. We get so caught up in that identity. You know, what is our title? You know, yeah. all of those various things. And we also think we worked darn hard to get there, um, you know, whether, yes. you know, and, and went through a lot, maybe education might be that, you know, we, we, um, you know, the long hours, all of those things. And so we do think I can't give that up. I must be an absolute idiot to want to give that up. But again, you know, it, for our mental and physical health, we absolutely have to think what is going to benefit us. Um, you know, and, yes. and there are those people who, you know, they they thrive on working those long hours. I mean, I, I always am perplexed when you know you see the thing that says so and so thrives on only three hours of sleep a night. I just always think that's going to catch them. <laughs> you know, you're, the human body is not designed to do that. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you know, and and exactly. you know, so what they're doing is they're living on adrenaline and and caffeine, probably right. right. Um, you know, and and yeah, at some point, their body is going to say no. No, you cannot do this, um, you know, and, and, uh, but, but yeah, so it's, that is one of the things is we just, we work so hard to get there. How on earth could we want to give it up? And again, what's wrong with us for wanting to do that? Right. Well, and if that's what we've been shown as the the path to success, right? Mm-hmm. and there are, I think about like the people that I saw in my life modeling how mm-hmm. to approach your first, I'm the daughter of a, of a banker. Mm-hmm. So like fiscal responsibility is, runs through my blood, right. yes. mm-hmm. you know, not making like very irrational mm-hmm. or responsible, mm-hmm. irresponsible decisions is very much something mm-hmm. that I'm always thinking about. But part of that too, is mm-hmm. that I know that my dad was not happy in certain jobs and stayed longer in them than he really truly right. wanted to. And it was even impacting his health to an extent. Mm-hmm. And it was because it was just like, that's just what you do. Right. You take that dissatisfaction, mm-hmm. you shove it down somewhere where the sun won't mm-hmm. see it and you just move on with your life. Mm-hmm. And that's what we thought. And if the outside, right? Like if the outside looks good mm-hmm. and your insides are kind of wonky mm-hmm. about it. There was nobody that told me like, Sarah, it's good to make sure that like right. your insides match your outsides. Mm-hmm. And so on the outside, right? Perfect mm-hmm. resume, C-level mm-hmm. by 35 mm-hmm. inside shell of a human. Mm-hmm. I didn't necessarily know how to recognize mm-hmm. or either, yeah, recognize or mm-hmm. rectify that mm-hmm. discrepancy between the two. Right. You know, and and it is, it's, it is such a challenge to say, I'm going to go off on my own, um, you know, and, and, and it's scary. I mean, I remember when I decided, you know, 22 ish years ago that I was going to leave corporate America. It was really funny because I loved where I worked and I liked what I did. I love the people I worked with, but I could see a different path for me, um, yes. you know, and, 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 but for me going and telling 
the people that I was leaving, that was one of the hardest things to do because like mm. I said, I liked it. I felt like I was letting them down, sure. um, you know, and, and I put it off for months. Um, and so I, you know, I did, two, I did both. I worked mm. there and I, I started my own company. And so then of course, you know, that was, that was, you know, a lot of working hours, which I shouldn't have been doing. But I think that's the other thing is we, you know, we, we, we have to go with where our heart is telling us to go. And, you know, and, and the, you know, the, it was funny because the people I worked with for the most part understood it. One was angry. I mean, he was, he was like, no, you know, we have done such great things for you. Mm-hmm. And I said, thank you so much, but now yeah. it's time for me to do great things for me. And he went, <laughs> and I said, okay, you know, fine. I don't have to deal with him anymore. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, it's, it is, it's such a, you know, to be that brave. And it's funny, you, you mentioned something a little bit ago, that trust muscle, we have to, yes. to flex that trust muscle and know that we can do it. Yes, I completely agree. The trust muscle piece too, is fundamentally a function of our it's well, it's both, right? It's self-trust and it's trust that there's going to be mm-hmm. something on the other side. That if if something mm-hmm. is nudging you, saying, Deb, you are even as you're enjoying this, mm-hmm. there's something else here for mm-hmm. you. And that if you follow that, that there's mm-hmm. a reason that you're meant to right. follow that and there will be right. something there for you. Mm-hmm. And then trust yourself that you know that that's a nudge. Mm-hmm. That's not just a, you know, a, a crazy chaotic whim that you're mm-hmm. being indulgent or mm-hmm. irresponsible chasing, but that like, that is you, that mm-hmm. is like a deeper part mm-hmm. of Deb wiser mm-hmm. that knows what's best for you. Mm-hmm. And you can trust and lean on that. So that's what we build. We build that trust with ourselves. So we know that when we're hearing something that is telling us to do, Mm-hmm. You know, something that's different than what we're doing now, especially those really scary kind of crazy mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. And that when we take baby steps in the direction of that nudge, mm-hmm. that dream, that there will be something there to right. meet us. And that's right. been a really big thing for me from this journey too, is that pre all of this mm-hmm. or really pre 2021, I would mm-hmm. say I was logical, rational, pragmatic. Like what do we worship mm-hmm. in corporate America? Mm-hmm. Your intellect. Mm-hmm. That is what we, you mm-hmm. know, we build on and there's nothing wrong with that. It doesn't mean that I don't still love data and science right. and all of those things mm-hmm. that come into play. But what is, what has come out of this is mm-hmm. this much deeper belief in our softer strengths, mm-hmm. like our intuition, our right. faith, our, mm-hmm. our trust, things like that, that like Brene Brown talks about mm-hmm. in her work that when she first started doing the gifts of imperfection mm-hmm. and found that faith and trust were important parts of wholehearted living, mm-hmm. which she says is like living an authentic life mm-hmm. or like living your life to the fullest extent. And that means even authentically choosing your career and showing mm-hmm. up at work. And she found that faith and trust were really important in that. And so she cringed. She was like, this is like an attack on my good friend's logic and mm-hmm. rationality. Right. And then she started to realize like, no, it's it all coexists so mm-hmm. beautifully. We have just forgotten that there is this entire mm-hmm. part of us that is part of our intelligence that is not just cognition, mm-hmm. it's our intuition, it's body intelligence, it's mm-hmm. so much else at play that we can tap into to create the full strength mm-hmm. of our capabilities in the right. world 
rather than just relying mm-hmm. on our minds because our minds are where mm-hmm. fear comes from. Fear is mm-hmm. to keep us safe and in homeostasis and away from, right. oh, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. jump out. It's it protects us. Mm-hmm. Of course, but it will, it will not in our day and age, me taking the leap to start my own company is mm-hmm. not the same as Sarah stepping out in front of a tiger and my body, my nervous system may not know that, but I have to figure out how to work my mm-hmm. way through that and trust those nudges to move forward. Right. And that makes it so much stronger mm-hmm. than, than just Sarah, the rational brain. Right. You know, and, and we've been, I told you sometimes I go squirrel, here's a squirrel. Um, so we've, <laughs> okay. we've been talking about, you know, taking the leap and starting our own companies. But you also work with women who take the leap and stay in corporate America. They just totally or somewhat change career paths. And it's interesting because I work with people on their LinkedIn profiles. And and I get that question on occasion. It's, well, this is what my education is. This is what I've always done. But I want to do this. Mm -hmm. And quite often, it's very different. And, And so what they tell me is how on earth... Do I put that in, say, my LinkedIn profile? And I tell them, well, you know, y- you got to. You, you you didn't just all of a sudden go, poof, I'm this new person. Right. Um, and, you know, but how do you work with people when they say, okay, I've always... I've always been in finance, but I want to run a nursery, you know, I, or I want to be an employee at, you know, and, and yeah. you know, so how do you, you work with them to, 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 to show them how they can make that transition? Yes. Well, great question. What I will say first and foremost is that when you're making the big shift between not just uh, within the same sort of function or the mm-hmm. same industry, the path is likely to be longer. I want to put mm-hmm. that out first and foremost, because mm-hmm. that's what I'm certainly finding is that we will want to make that transition transition and mm-hmm. be really excited to become like, for example, I was working mm-hmm. with a woman on her LinkedIn profile to, to your point. Um, she was moving from, I believe it was like some type of customer success and she mm-hmm. wanted to be a project manager. So not yeah. a huge, huge, mm-hmm. huge difference. Like that's a pretty mm-hmm. reasonable gap to bridge. But what we talked about are like baby steps in mm-hmm. working in that mm-hmm. direction. So it is very much you're okay, you're finding all of those transferable skills mm-hmm. and experiences from those previous roles that you've had. Mm-hmm. And you're figuring out the way to to weave it into a an arc, a narrative mm-hmm. arc of your career that makes really good sense right. and fits where you mm-hmm. want to go. And then you're also taking baby steps in the direction of becoming that mm-hmm. next thing. It is not. So that's the thing, the, the misconception of the big leap. But I love talking about leaps because I think leaps are actually mm-hmm. more energetic in nature of just saying like, I am going to do the thing to the point of the fear. So this is a perfect segue mm-hmm. that you took with your squirrel. I'm going to take that fear, turn it into fuel mm-hmm. and make a leap as far as like the commitment I'm making to head in that direction, Mm -hmm. but it can be baby steps along the way. It can be gentle. It's actually better on our nervous system. It's Mm -hmm. easier to make a change when we're taking baby steps. And so that might be, you start talking to people in the industry Mm -hmm. where you want to go. You find a mentor, you take a class, Mm -hmm. you do volunteer work. Like you get creative in the ways that you can start Mm -hmm. getting your hands and getting involved. And then you're also responding to the feedback you're getting from yourself in mm-hmm. making this move too. Mm-hmm. And it's in even like your body and your emotions. That's mm-hmm. what I think I never learned that I 
have very much enjoyed learning from this experience in ignoring my body so much that I could work myself to the point of shingles. What came out of this detoxing period is really understanding that my body was telling me all along, Mm -hmm. not just that I was overworking, but like, oh, that tensing in my stomach, that clenching in Mm -hmm. my jaw, that constricted feeling in my Mm -hmm. chest when I was asked to do this thing, Mm -hmm. or I was in a meeting with this person, or, you know, I was in this toxic environment, like my body was sending me signals Mm -hmm. all along, and I never responded to it. Mm -hmm. And so what we can do is as we're starting to take new or take steps in the direction of the new dream, Mm -hmm. we're getting that feedback loop from ourselves and figuring out, okay, how does this feel? Ooh, that felt Mm -hmm. really good. I loved doing that volunteer project. Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm going to keep doing more of that and see Mm -hmm. what it takes me. I just think we have to be open to more of organic unfolding along the way, rather than I was always the person who's like, I'm going to have the career transition Mm -hmm. plan. And here's what I'm going to do today and this date and that Mm -hmm. date and X, Y, Z, and it's all going to be perfect. And I'm just learning more and more. And in working with more women, Mm -hmm. it's just not the way life goes. And it's actually a lot less fun that way. When Mm -hmm. you let the flow happen Mm -hmm. and the magic unfold on its own, not to say that you don't have a plan generally of mm-hmm. what you're going to do. It's just you don't have to be so rigid right. and prescriptive. Right. You know, and and for those type A people that are saying, but it's okay. I know. <laughs> I, 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 you, I know. Deb, Sarah from like three years ago mm-hmm. somewhere is probably like, what is she saying? Yes. <laughs> oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it even Zoom thought I was raising my hand. So, no. but that yeah, Zoom was like, eek, eek. Uh, <laughs> I know. I was like, you raised your hand. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, and, and she did. She raised her hand. She was like, what the heck are you doing? And, yep. you know, it's, it is, it's, it's so interesting because, yeah, when we, and, and, and I think, you know, it comes back to that trust muscle, having faith, all of those things. You know, I do believe things happen the way they're supposed to happen. Now, should we just, just willy-nilly go, okay, no. <laughs> you, know, you know, like you mentioned, okay, get a mentor, take classes, volunteer. Because you may also think, well, gee, I want to do this. And then you start, and it's like, no, really didn't want to. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, my God. Deb, honestly, I just realized I was pushed so much to do the book. And I'm excited mm-hmm. about my book and, and thrilled. But I was so laser focused in my mm-hmm. brain that that was the thing for me, right. that I had no idea that there was so mm-hmm. much else that I would want to mm-hmm. do with this work. And we'll close ourselves mm-hmm. off to if we don't actually live and experience mm-hmm. the thing that we want, because it can be mm-hmm. very different in our brain than in our bodies. Right. Well, and the last thing I'll toss out there related to this too, is that I've been doing some internet research mm-hmm. and other rabbit holes. I'm always fascinated with like how things work in mm-hmm. history and nature and mm-hmm. patterning. And what we find is that in nature and history, Periods of order are preceded by chaos. And Mm -hmm. it's this pattern, this repeating of order into chaos, into order Mm -hmm. over and over and over again. It happens in the natural world, like with forest fires, Mm -hmm. for example, but it's also like the bubonic plague brought about, they believe, you know, people say, I obviously Mm -hmm. wasn't there, but they say that that was really the impetus for the Renaissance Mm -hmm. and that there was beauty and creativity and innovation Mm -hmm. And all of this amazing, unexpected Mm -hmm. 
fruitfulness that mm-hmm. came out of this period of destruction and chaos. And that's right. what I think we have to allow ourselves mm-hmm. space for, which I never did. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why you can't have the perfectly uh, constructed career plan mm-hmm. with the Gantt chart to do the thing and mm-hmm. on the date and, and and have it all work out necessarily exactly the way you wanted it. Because honestly, when you let go a little bit and surrender to mm-hmm. the fact that maybe there are mm-hmm. bigger things at play mm-hmm. than necessarily just like Sarah's brain, it could be so much better than we ever right. even imagined. Right. You know, and, and, and things happen. I mean, you know, you got shingles, you know, all of these things. Um, What we didn't talk about before the program is back in 2015, I was told, Hey, you have cancer. Um, And, and, you know, I tell people everything that happened, nothing went the way it was supposed to many catastrophic things. I mean, all sorts of things happened. And, you know, but I learned so much through that and, and still am learning um, that, yeah, you know, it's it's kind of the thing, you know, faith kind of laughs at you, you know, or fate, I'm sorry, laughs at you, you know, when you have these plans. Um, it's like, yeah, let's just kind of throw this monkey wrench in there. But I have also learned that I have to be flexible, um, you know, and, and, and a big part, too, is also, you know, what is not working? What is toxic? And many of that are the people in our lives, um, you sure. know, and, and, and some of those might be in the workplace, you know, all of those various things. So how do we get, you know, ourselves out of those? And it, it, the, the sad thing is it takes something like an illness before yeah. we go, wait a minute. <laughs> you know? um, and I think that is because as we've been saying, we have been programmed. This is what you do from when we were little, um, you know, and, and, you know, I'm, I am, I'm at the tail end of baby boomer. And so it was a little bit different for me because it was okay for me to go to college. Um, You know, even five, 10 years before, if, if a woman went to college, it was to get a teaching degree or a nursing degree. And then you, you became a wife. And a, and a mother, and, you know, and, and that was, and, and, you know, you, you had, you know, 4.2 kids and one was named Beaver and, you know, all of these and, and, you know, and, and Wally and, you know, all of those things. And uh, now I, I would have liked to have an Opie and Opie would have been good. Right. You know, we all like little Ron <laughs> sure. Howard, um, but, you know, and, and that was, and then of course, when I grew up, it was the Brady bunch and, you know, and, and, and the, the girls there were still very different than the boys. I mean, you know, the boys were the class leaders. They were the sports people. And, you know, let's be honest. I mean, we put a lot of pressure on men to follow these exact same roles. And, you know, and, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, and, and, but but, yeah, you know, we were, we have been preconditioned to, to go into this, um, you know, and, and then for us to say, nah, (laughs) it come, you know, it's, it, 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 um, but, you know, one of the things, and, and you really researched this when you were working on your Raise to Rise program, is you discovered that there's actually seven steps that somebody really starts thinking, okay, this is not good. So let, can you go through those quickly? Um, because, you know, we've, we've got about 15 minutes left. But, you know, what are the, the seven things that kind of, you know, if, if you're feeling these, it's like, okay, maybe there is an issue. 
Yes, yes. Well, so this is, um, I call it the seven stage quitting process Mm -hmm. and it's really intended to be a conscious quitting process. Mm -hmm. So we're not just that knee jerk thing of like, yeah, I can't take this anymore. Quit. (laughs) Exactly. Just pull it. I've done that. Mm -hmm. Not so great for the nervous system. I've also, you know, done the the quitting in a more Mm -hmm. measured way and have done Mm -hmm. the pull the plug very quickly. Mm -hmm. That was actually the last job after that sexual harassment situation. Mm -hmm. I quit that day with no notice. Mm -hmm. And so good girl, Sarah, again, was like reeling from that. No notice. Oh my gosh. It was undone. I don't want Mm -hmm. that. Yep. I just, I did. I walked out the door because I just knew that my, my voice and like the whole thing hadn't been taken seriously and was not going to change. I mean, that's the thing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. So when we think about whether or not we should quit our job, there are seven, Mm -hmm. seven stages that we go through. The first is rumbling. And this is that Mm -hmm. period of misalignment and fragmentation Mm -hmm. where we're starting to realize, okay, Mm -hmm. something isn't right here. Mm -hmm. The next stage is threshold. And that is where we start to say, okay, I'm going to look at what I'm feeling Mm -hmm. in this rumbling stage. Am I experiencing a conflict at work that I'm being asked to face head on or like, Mm -hmm. really, am I being led in the direction Mm -hmm. of pulling the plug? So for example, it could be that you have a conflict at work with a coworker that is just eating you up Mm -hmm. or you need more flexibility in the job. And Mm -hmm. like, this is the kind of thing where on balance, generally, if this one thing Mm -hmm. was fixed, that you would still want to stay, then this comes mm-hmm. to this moment of confronting. We mm-hmm. want to do that, right? Because we're not just taking these, making mm-hmm. these knee-jerk decisions. And so sometimes we will want to stay, but there will be times, and this was the thing that sh- surprised me the most from interviewing women. There will be times, even when we're really happy, mm-hmm. that we still have a feeling that something is not quite right and mm-hmm. we are meant to do something different. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what you talked about mm-hmm. there, Deb. It's not like everybody who is quitting their jobs right now is just like totally miserable. Mm-hmm. It's that some people are like, I'm going to listen to that, mm-hmm. that part of me that, it, that wants to chase this other dream or whatever mm-hmm. it is. So that's rumbling threshold. And that third stage is knowing, and we just know right. that it's mm-hmm. going to be time to walk away, but we've done enough self-inquiry mm-hmm. and due diligence on the front end that we feel good about. Like that is mm-hmm. what we're really experiencing here. Then we have decision and action is the fourth mm-hmm. and fifth steps. And those are distinct stages because decision is that mental commitment. And mm-hmm. just because we've made the mental commitment to, qu- to quit doesn't mean that we actually will. Right. Had so many people who reached out to me when I put out a call for stories mm-hmm. for Raised to Rise saying I wanted to talk to women who had quit their jobs. I had nearly an equal number of women reach out to me during that time who were feeling stuck and like mm-hmm. knew they needed to quit right. and wanted to quit. Mm-hmm. They just felt they did the stuck. quiet quit. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. Got, getting stuck and kind of bouncing around mm-hmm. in this, this purgatory or this limbo of the first four mm-hmm. stages. It's a really uncomfortable place mm-hmm. to be in, by the way, right. when you're ignoring that knowing. It mm-hmm. just, it gets to your point, eventually you will have to do something about it. That, mm-hmm. that it won't just disappear. So decision, then action is taking those steps and mapping out your exit plan, your exit strategy, the graceful mm-hmm. exit, you're picking the date that you're leaving, mm-hmm. you know, you're, tying up the loose ends, taking all of that action to uh, separate from Mm -hmm. your current employer. The uh, sixth step, sixth and seventh, these are much more when we are gleaning learnings from what we have done. So Mm. sixth is that after effects stage. And this is very much 
where things can be good, bad, and ugly. Like you Mm -hmm. can love the new job that you Mm -hmm. left at the previous job for, and you could love where you landed. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't love where we landed. We're like, "Uh (laughs) uh-oh. And it can, you can start to feel that panic. Oh my God, did I make the wrong decision? What am Mm -hmm. I going to do? That's where you like really settle into that trust piece of things Mm -hmm. and start to say, it may feel like I'm falling Mm -hmm. right now, but I know because I've built the trust and I did that work on the front end Mm -hmm. to know this was the right decision. I know that I am going to be okay. And it's the same thing we were just talking about. So order and chaos being so intertwined, you Mm -hmm. will have chaos before you find order. Mm -hmm. The Journal of Applied Psychology found that after switching jobs, you will have at least a year, at least the data showed, Mm -hmm. uh, So not everybody will be the same, but on Mm -hmm. average, people experienced a decline in vitality, so energy, Mm -hmm. for a year after switching Mm -hmm. a job. And then family issues also increase because you're trying to, you know, get your handle on the new job and Mm -hmm. family and things. So it is a big decision. And knowing Mm -hmm. that this is just part of the journey, you're not doing anything wrong. You Mm -hmm. didn't do anything wrong. You're going to get there. Mm -hmm. That's really important. And then the final piece is assimilation. And that's where I think... We have never been taught to necessarily take this sort of time to pause and reflect Mm -hmm. and look back on where we were coming from, where we're going to, what we learned, what we might Mm want to do differently, like integrating all of those learnings. I believe that the way that we were taught to approach our careers, very much that conventional playbook of the linear career path, climbing the ladder to the fancier titles and the fatter paychecks, like it's missing so much of that self-discovery and that ongoing learning and deepening of our own personal development that comes with any other aspect of life. Mm -hmm. We haven't been taught how to really do that in our careers in a way that helps us to build a Mm -hmm. solid foundation and creates a springboard for moving Mm -hmm. forward. Right. You know, and those those steps really do usually come sequentially in order, but sometimes they might not. Um, exactly. Especially in the case of you know you might it might not be your choice to leave your position. <laughs> you know, oopsie. Um, and so but yeah. after effects immediately then in yeah, that regard. But then you know you need to go back through and think, okay, now what? Um, you know, and and it, it's and and you know it it. I think so many people really need to sit down and think, what is it that I want? Um, you know, and, and you've got a, a great handout on your website called the five surprising superpowers of women who make bold career moves. And part of that is in figuring out what is it that I want in life? What is important to me? And yes. so whether you chose to make that leap or, you know, that <laughs> that decision was made for you, you need to stop and think, without the panic of, oh my God, I have to have a paycheck tomorrow Yes. Um, type of thing. Okay. What is it that I want to do? Maybe this was a blessing in disguise or, you know, okay, I want to stay in the same career path and, and you know, and, and, and that's okay. We want to point that out too, is for many people, Absolutely. what they are is, is exactly where they are supposed to be, you know, and, and that's fine also, but yeah, stop and think. Okay. And, and maybe it's, you know, that's that first little thing. If I, you know, it's, it's, you know, let's, let's go back to first grade, right? What do you want to be when you grow up? 
And what is that? Um, I tell people I still don't know. Um, but you know, what is it that you want to do? And then how do you build on that? Um, you know, and, and but that really is what it is coming down to is you know, what is going to make you the happiest? And and I think what is so nice about the the age we live in now is it's saying to ourselves and to others, this is what will make me happy is okay. Um, you know, it's not, but you just went to four years of college and you have this degree. And so you have to, you have to stay in that career path. Well, maybe not. Um, you know, I, you know, and, and so it's, it's okay for us now to be saying, I'm going to explore these other things. Um, completely. Well, Deb, you make a great point that like our careers, I believe they were never meant to be, or think back the sort of the history mm-hmm. of human lifespan mm-hmm. and working. Mm-hmm. Like it's all fascinating because mm-hmm. lifespan all of a sudden now 120 years mm-hmm. past the uh, 1800s, we're living longer than we mm-hmm. ever did. So our right. careers are longer. So that, that sort of old mm-hmm. conventional wisdom, and like staying with the one employer mm-hmm. until you got the pension in the gold watch, right. mm-hmm. like all of that doesn't even apply right. Anymore, and then when you look at it from the standpoint of even you know the industrial revolution and the starting to look at how we were all valued on mm-hmm. an hourly rate, that really ingrained mm-hmm. in a lot of things too of the shoulds and right. um, how you're considered to be valuable in the workforce, and mm-hmm. it's like all of that stuff we can cast off. And to your point, it's mm-hmm. more acceptable to be able to do that than ever before, mm-hmm. and. If there are people in your life who are responding in more of that old mm-hmm. way, that says far more about their fears right. and mm-hmm. they're picking up mm-hmm. their shadow than it says about mm-hmm. you and what you're mm-hmm. doing. As long as you have done that work and you're coming from that, that knowing, wiser, calmer, still mm-hmm. place. And so I do want to toss out here because you made a really good point. Like when you're in that panic of trying to make a decision mm-hmm. and, oh my God, I need the paycheck tomorrow. You're right. That is not mm-hmm. the place to make these decisions mm-hmm. because we are dysregulated from a physical perspective. So we're mm-hmm. talking our nervous system. When nervous system is in fight or flight mode, we don't have the full capacity of our prefrontal cortex to make good decisions. Right. And, and again, I'm talking prefrontal cortex mixed with your intuition, because as we talked about before, cognition and intuition go mm-hmm. hand in hand beautifully to form the full scope of our intelligence, mm-hmm. but you still need that part. So mm-hmm. you don't, you don't make any of those decisions right. from that really frantic place. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and a big part of it is, you know, again, getting away from what is expected um, from us. And, and okay, we're, we have to be realistic. I mean, there are times where we do things we don't want to do because we do need that paycheck, you know, all of those things, but, you know, I was also thinking one of the things that, that we have to get away from is, you know, the definitions, like how do you describe success? Um, I'm going to tell a short little story and then, then, you know, then we have to wrap up. Oh my gosh. Um, you know, long ago when I went to my 10 year high school reunion, um, I, somebody, you know, one of the organizers said, you know, we, we always you give away war, awards, right? Who came the furthest, all those various things. And she said, I want to give an award for who is most successful. And even back then I went, no. And because I said, <laughs> how do you define success? Yeah. And to her, it was purely, let's see, let me reach over here. Let me get my, 
right? It was, <laughs> it was salary. You know, yeah. what was somebody's yeah. salary and job title? And, and I said, no, I said, because the person who is maybe scraping by and has four kids, but is the happiest person in the world, maybe they're the most successful. And so, you know, we have to define success for ourselves. We cannot let someone else define it for us. Exactly. Well said. So, well, oh my gosh, this has been so much fun. Um, you know, and we have to have you on again when your book is published so that we I can talk that. about this. Um, this would be fabulous. But until then, tell people, you know, how do they find you and what are the services that you provide? Yes, you can find me at Sarah with no H, so just S-A-R-A-J. McElroy.com. And I'm also on LinkedIn and Instagram, Sarah J. McElroy for my handle on both of those. I'd love to connect with anyone. I am currently just working on the book and will be offering a membership later this year. I also do one-off consultations. You can find that on my website too, if you just want somebody to help you figure out a block in your career transition or even where to start. I like to do more of these one-off pieces though here and I'm working on what I believe will be this really robust, vibrant community called the Women Who Walk Collective, not just for those women who are quitting their jobs, but women who want to walk a truer career mm-hmm. path back home to them. That's what this um, this membership will be. And it actually uses the tools from the book that will come out next year. But this is the way that you actually can take those tools, start putting them to action and seeing results in your life now. Oh my gosh. I love it. I love it. I can't wait to, to chat with you again. Um, you know, because this is is absolutely fascinating to me, whether it was something that happened 20 years ago or 20 minutes ago. Um, you know, it, it is something that we have to always be considering, you know, because as as we've said, you know, if we're not taking care of ourselves, nobody else is going to, um, you know, and we can't take care of others if we haven't taken care of ourselves, whether it's, you know, as an employer, employee, mother, sister, wife, whatever, you know, we, exactly. we have to put ourselves first, which is very difficult, um, you know, but, but it is something we have to do. But, oh my gosh, you know, as I said, this is so much fun and I can't wait to have you on again, but do you have any final thoughts that you want to leave everyone with? Yeah, I would say just trust yourself in all of this. I deeply believe that even if you were to come and talk to me or join a membership or whatever it is, that you know what's right for you. And sometimes it is a matter of having somebody be a mirror and help you to see where you're headed. But I believe we all have the answers deep within us, even if it's hard to find. So trust yourself and you'll never, you'll never go wrong. What feels like a failure will often be our greatest lessons and gold. It's amazing when you just lean in and let go. Oh my gosh. I love it. And I can't wait to chat with you again. We might have to do it before the book comes out. Um, But I am Deb Creer. I've been having so much fun talking with Sarah McElroy. And until next time, everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.